We wanted to keep this episode as close as possible to our regular format, but the worldwide health pandemic has caused some changes in all of our lives. Currently, Harrison and I are recording the podcast remotely, so you can expect continued releases every other Wednesday. But please forgive us for the disruption in audio quality as we're recording from home. And please follow Untapped on social media for any updates, but most importantly, stay safe. Good morning. You're listening to Drinking Socially, the official Untapped podcast. Your inside look into what's happening in the Untapped community and the world of beer. I'm John, and this is a first for me. Harrison and I have been sequestered, sent home maybe, uh, enjoying our new office space here. Confined to families and puppies, we've adopted technology to allow us to record a new episode of Drinking Socially while we're miles apart. It's likely we'll get some bumps and bruises along the way, but I've never been so excited to share a new episode with you. Thanks so much for listening in. And I'm Harrison, and in between board games and Frozen 2 blasting all rooms of my house, finding Nerf gun darts in just about everything, and then... Baking anything my wife can think of in an attempt to really add a cool quarantine 15 to my waistline. We've thankfully carved out some time to do something we all love to do, and that's drink some beers, uh, food beers, no less. So I hope you're hungry and thirsty, but if you aren't, you will be soon. Before we get to all that, though, as a reminder, Drinking Socially is released every other Wednesday morning and can be found at podcast.untap.com or wherever you listen to podcasts and even YouTube in today's world. Uh, Harry, it's been crazy. Like, I think that's actually true. It's been a really weird couple of days. That's right. Um, Without going into a whole bunch of detail again, I do want to ask you, as if this is a typical episode, just to kind of get things started, um, what beers have you drank recently? Let's, Let's start with the thing we love most and tell me about maybe the favorite beer you've had over the last couple of days. Yeah, that's an easy one. It was uh, South of the Pier, which is a collaboration between Coronado Brewing Company and Pizza Port Brewing, both out of California. And they brewed up a West Coast IPA, and it is exactly that from two breweries who really uh, help kind of define and make popular that style. So really cool. They came together to make this, and it was, it was great. I had it uh, the other weekend, um, and uh, on there on the can and the description of the beer inside Untapped alluded to uh, this being the first of a few collaborations. So that's really exciting. I'll definitely be keeping tabs on the next releases through Untapped, making sure I find them when they become available. Because um, it was great, kind of. I think I said my check in. It was uh, like a time machine back 2009. So uh, when all <laughs> IPAs were West Coast IPAs or something close to that. So that was a great to go back there and and. To, you know, two experts in the in the the style to lead the way. But you had quite the before all this kind of stay home and stay healthy stuff. Had quite the adventure out uh, out to some pretty pretty awesome breweries and, and beer spots yourself. Is that right, John? Yeah, it was uh, for me. It was one of the few weekends I get to travel for fun. I uh, I drove really far to go to uh, actually just a woodworking class with mm-hmm. Roy Underhill, who's been woodworking since probably I don't know the early 1900s. Nice. Um, it was an amazing <laughs> class, invented, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was, he was part of the uh, first saw inventors. Um, <laughs> and on on the way there, I got to stop at Burial in Raleigh and barrel culture in Durham, um, two really big powerhouses for North Carolina. It was really cool to get into their tap rooms and kind of see what was going on in there. Um, I brought back a couple of bottles to share with friends as any good friend should do and some artwork from burial. That was really cool. I bet. Um, You mentioned earlier Coronado and Pizza Port. I always have to double check. I always get Pizza Port and Pizza Boy confused. Right. Uh, But Pizza Port and Coronado West Coast IPAs Mm -hmm. have a lot of of thanks to pay to those two breweries. You said they might be releasing it. Sounds like they're releasing a couple more. Right. Sounds like a couple more. Sure. We got Coronado with their Islander IPA and their Idiots Double IPA. Those were two pretty, pretty big ones for me coming up. And then... Pizza Port, their Swami uh, 
IPA is amazing. And then their Kook double IPA, I think it's a double IPA. Uh, that beer is, it's, uh, it's awesome. Every time I have it, I get, uh, it's, it doesn't let me down. So yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. Obviously know what they're doing. Um, and, uh, yeah, pumped that, uh, I got to try something new from the coming together of, uh, some pretty serious beer minds. And yes, definitely will be, Hoping it seemed like they said, you know, they said our first collaboration, I think was their wording on the, or our first release rather for the, on the, on the cam to me think, all right, if there's a first there, hopefully it'll be a second. So keep your eyes out. I sort of like the Buffalo Bills first Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> we're still talking about it. Still, still, <laughs> still hoping it's coming down the way. Well, you know, it um, is one, maybe sooner. One uh, hopefully we've got plenty of time left to get one. Yep. Um, one thing I noticed, uh, as soon as I landed, I didn't land. I just drove into Raleigh. One, as soon as I arrived in Raleigh, <laughs> I knew I wanted to go to burial and traveling makes me such an even bigger untapped fan. It was, yeah. you know, we went to burial. It was like five minutes after they opened, we showed up there and I'm drinking at 11% doubt at 11 in the morning good morning uh, yeah <laughs> we got a lot of work to do <laughs> um and it, my wife and i both just kind of jumped into untapped and we're trying to figure out you know like map our trip to this woodworking class um based on where can you know stout ipa sour we'll just kind of go from brewery to brewery and there was some tap rooms nice. uh it was a really raleigh's got a, a beer garden there with something around 300 plus different beers on tap that's like yeah it's impressive holy cow so of course um it's a different landscape right now no one's going to a pub at least at the moment um, so Harrison and I kind of put this podcast together uh, as a, a, a show of solidarity. Yeah. Um, the first beer we've got on the books tonight, the theme again, kind of beer and food with the idea being not just like what food you should company with your beer, but uh, beer that makes you think of food, I think. is Yeah, sure. Something like that. Or yeah, definitely right. have food in it or goes well with a with other food related beers, there's a lot of different, the, certainly the crossroads tonight is food and beer. And, um, and this first one is pretty cool. Um, it's one that I've known about forever. And one of the, like, you know, think bringing it up again and thinking about it, one that, uh, that probably has a special place in the early days of, of craft beer for me, it's formerly Wells brewery, but now Eagle breweries, banana bread beer, um, out of the UK. And this, uh, identifies itself it's it's kind of a fruit beer but it's also on the bottle itself describes itself as a flavored malt beverage and a lager blend so i think they brew like a heavy banana beer and then blend it with a lager um which is pretty cool but uh yeah this thing's been around for as long as i can i've been a craft beer fan and i'm pumped to revisit it today and kind of talk about where it's been and what you can do with it uh if you come across it yourself but let's I'm going to open mine up. I'm going to try and I'm going to get in, get in the the bottle itself. I heard it. I heard it from heard over it here. Ooh. Thanks, Harrison. Smelled it immediately. I, this beer for me, this was, uh, memories, uh, memories, not always accurate, but <laughs> I, right now I remember this beer as the first one that was a good correlation of food and beer. It might've been a beat as purple haze, but yep. Yep. this, this beer unmistakably, it does a really good job of tasting like banana bread. There's, there's no other way I can phrase it. Uh, I th- I was in an Irish bar and a bartender handed me a pint because I told him I had no idea what I wanted. Um, and he said, have you ever tried this? And like one sip in, I was just gleaming like, holy cow, mm-hmm. I can't believe this right. exists. Right. Exactly. It is been, you're right. It's certainly an experience the first time you have it. And I'm, I'm excited to be doing it tonight. And Kind of, yeah, after a while, I'll revisit it with you, John. So let's, should we do that? Should we get in here? See what it's, yeah. see what it's, see where it's been, what um, it's doing? I, I'm really, it's been a while since I've had it. It's weird. Harrison and I usually share the beers when we do a podcast together. So this is a big bottle, but uh, I guess I'm kind of excited about here that as we well. Go. <laughs> um, so long distance cheers to you, Harrison. Let's see what she's got. Well, John, that's right. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, yeah. 
the nose and the taste. Wow, this beer is good, man. You definitely, I'm getting like hops come through it well too. And it says it's got some Challenger and Steering Golding hops in it, which are great, kind of earthy, pretty classic um, English hops. But yeah, and there's like that little punch of banana. But this is not, if you're at home and you never had this beer and you're thinking like, ew, a big old banana beer. Bananas in here, but it's really just one of like, a, I'm getting a lot of like just bread, period, cracker yep. happening, like a, like kind of that earthy hop stuff. Like very, I mean, I give them credit naming this banana bread beer is mm. perfect because yeah. you, you know that a banana is in banana bread if you've ever been fortunate enough to have a slice of banana bread. Yes. This does the same thing where I like I know the bananas in there, but I al- I almost am more in love with the gram with the almost clove spiciness yes. that barely hits yes. through at the end. Yeah, that's what I'm getting that clovey kind of banana thing happening. You can get from Belgian beers from just esters that come from those yeasts, mm-hmm. but this is super clear, crisp. It's probably using English ale yeast that almost every brewery in um, England uses. So um, yeah, this is del- so that kind of banana clove thing happening is just the bananas that they're adding to it which is cool as heck they they do call it uh, or it's listed as a fruit beer so i think we're safe to assume bananas found themselves here in this yeah, beer it, say, yeah it, it does say it yeah fresh packed bananas they also say with blend of banana flavor added so that could be banana extract or whatever it may be don't know uh, for sure but there's yeah according to the label the, the website actual bananas in here as well but that is just one of the flavors this is really cool that's you know you talk about i mean obviously so bananas are have tons of sugar in them so they're gonna be like a source for alcohol as well source for body of the beer they obviously are pretty noticeable flavors so unlike breweries use like honey where it maybe just fades a bit into the beer while also adding body and character to it this one it stands out a bit more, but it's not, again, it's not overpowering. This is cool. This is not, it's, I remember it a little differently. I remember maybe more banana happening. I had it in the past, but that could be for so many reasons. Um, uh, you know, again, memory, as you said, it's, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Um, no, certainly not but, anymore. Uh, but this is awesome. This is really cool. This is just, it's almost, to me, it just kind of tastes like a English pale ale that's got some bananas in it, which I love. As, as, as you may know, if you're a, a loyal listener, and I, I prefer my my English bitters. The the Argyle sweater of the beer world is is my happy place. Um, and this is this is kind of this is like an Argyle cardigan or something. I don't know. It's close. It's right there. It's it's almost there. It's certainly got a lot of it. Uh, you made a, a, a comparison earlier to Belgian beers and uh, Weinstefaner's Vitis, as I oh, as I say it. Yes, that. To me, even though it's not intentionally a banana beer, that is one. I mean, that's that's really good um, mixed with uh, like a Young's double chocolate or any mm. sort of dark. Uh, this this is well. I'd imagine we'll have some fun with with any remaining beer in the bottle a little bit later that's when right. we get to dark we have plans. We have yeah. plans, right? And if you ever come across this beer, oftentimes it's on the shelf next to Young's double chocolate. And that was the my kind of first experience with this beer. I think it was some bartender. We had it stocked at a bar I was working on. He was like, hey, let's, and the end of the work shift drink, like, hey, do you want to split a chocolate banana bread with me? And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? And he's like, ah, just, yes. just stand yes right there. The right, 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 right. <laughs> You're right. I was foolish on many levels there. But uh, but he kind of brought out a can of, of Young's double chocolate and a bottle of Wells banana bread and just poured half, you know, into each of our glasses and and uh made a black and tan with this and it was it's known in the industry or whatever the beer world is a as chocolate banana red beer we have young double chocolate stout mixing with banana bread beer here so that's uh that was one of the first black and tans i'd ever had and it was it's awesome it's really i mean young's young's double chocolate we'll probably have them one day here um i hope on the, the podcast because i love that beer too whether you put it over you know ice cream or have it alone or mix it with this one um, but if you're in the in you know in the future had a chance to buy this beer and Young's is nearby, do yourself a favor and grab that a can of that too because it's a really cool combo um, and one that you, I think everyone should experience. One of those kind of like classic, I guess you would say old school or something to that effect. I don't know. This 2020 yeah. after all, old it, school. Everything's kind old of, school now. It's right. 
um, I notice as I, I'm, I'm watching Harrison, this is the modern day version of a, of a Skype call um, where both of us are essentially in our bedrooms, um, bedroom <laughs> slash recording studios, right. drinking beer. This is, this is a college level experience. Um, but I notice you're drinking that out of a uh, proper English pint glass, right. like one that looks like it has a donut in it. Um, that's that's really fitting, Harrison. I caught that as soon as I as soon as I saw you take your first sip. That's right, it's got the Queen's crown on it and everything. I think underneath where the official labeling of a pint. Yeah, this thing was a Christmas gift for my wife. I got a four pack of them. It's a true imperial pint, a nonic or a tumbler glass. It's one of my favorites. So twenty ounce, it holds twenty American ounces in it. It's one of my. Uh, one of my favorite glasses to drink out of, and uh, for many reasons, but because uh, it holds twenty yeah. ounces, that's yeah. a big one. Sure, it right <laughs> matches right up almost perfectly with this uh, with this bottle we have, which is I think about night, night, yeah, about, about the same. So, um, yeah, this is uh, this is uh, yes, one of my favorite go to glasses uh, when I'm home. Have a nice twenty ounce. It was great when I had a kegerator because you could a pint was a true pint. You just got to pour it and pour twenty ounces of it. Um, as opposed to limiting yourself to a 12 ounce can, which seems ridiculous to a man who has the kegerator, but that was a different, different, <laughs> different time, different time in my life. Uh, but yeah, this is definitely diving into the glassware tonight. I have a couple other ones I'm going to use and move along that are a little, a little different too. So a couple of things worth mentioning here, this, this beer, um, the last time I checked it in was about three years ago at the time it was known as Wells banana bread. And I believe if I follow it chronologically, Wells got acquired by Marston's and then became Eagle Brewery. I can tell you that this is still exactly the beer that I remember having, but they did make a huge and dramatic change to the label. If you're looking for this one on the shelf and you're looking for the beer you found years ago, this is, it's, it's, uh, it's like, good point. It's got like a clip art, almost like a beer pint coming out of a banana. Yeah, um, total redesign on the label. Uh, I assume that happened when when they kind of became Eagle Brewery. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. So that kind of like paler yellow Wells banana bread logo is gone. This one much brighter. It jumped right out at me in the the which so good work, good work on the the, the label team there at uh, at Eagle Brewery. Yeah, I saw it right away on the shelf. So. Um, and they also can it now too, which is pretty cool. It used to just be in like Ooh, nice. kind of like 500 mil bottles. And now I see it in like 12 ounces. The ones we're having now are like pint and point nine, uh, on the U S fluid ounces. And then, yeah, I see some pictures on untapped of, of a lot of, a lot of pictures of people drinking out of a can, which is yeah. Great. Again, it's, uh, it's even a pounder. I see someone drinking a pounder of this guy, uh, 16, so 16 ounce of, uh, this beer too. Not too long ago, so definitely making some can moves. Which why wouldn't you um, these days? This beer's got uh, overall rating of a three point five after almost a quarter million check-ins. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of opinions yeah. weighted, and it's sitting above the bell curve, which is always nice sure. to see. Yeah, uh, with that eleven hundred, right? Eleven hundred monthly check-ins too. That's great. That's awesome. Um, for a beer that I would classify as kind of like unique or maybe not one you're grabbing every day to have that many people checking it out um, every month. I mean, as we kind of alluded to today, it really is. I mean, I could drink this all the time. It's, I mean, it's 5.2 in the bottle. I think they make a cask strength version of it as well. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit lighter. Man, I'd love um, to try that. Yeah. I won't be fortunate enough to find one of those around here probably, but um, but this is a beer Harris and I put a little bit of thought when we were talking about food beer um, in ways to try and find one that's going to be somewhat available for anybody who's trying to level up their drinking socially badge. Yes. Um, when we get to the next beers, yeah, we'll be right. able to illustrate Sorry. some of the hardships of working <laughs> so far apart. Um, but for, for, for this one, this is a beer, I think. Uh, I always kind of think of this when... Uh, when I'm entertaining people or when I'm going to visit people and they might not have, even, even if, you know, if you're that uh, in new into the beer scene and you're New England IPA at 12 different breweries every weekend, this might be a beer that you just overlooked a couple of times. And mm-hmm. it's, it's certainly, if you haven't had it, um, I'd encourage you to give it a shot and see what your taste buds think of it. Yep. If, Likewise. Yeah, this is great. This is, I, yeah, I dig it. I could, yep. I would not hesitate to, 
grab another one of these. This is awesome. It's kind of checking all those English pale ale, English bitter boxes that I look for. Um, and just looks great too. I mean, it's just this beautiful kind of copper crystal clear beer, um, which always gets me excited as well. Awesome lacing, big old fluffy head to it. I'm digging it. This is a blast, John. And it looks, if, if I were sitting at, uh, ho- hopefully one day we'll get to do this together again and yep. even go out to a, a, a pub and look for this. But this a beer, uh, I wouldn't, no, nobody would question if they, if you, if you're seen at a bar drinking a beer that looks like this in your pint glass, uh, you look like you went to a, a woodworking shop with the oldest man. <laughs> in the world. Uh, whereas most of the beers I order when I'm out are clear and red and discernibly sour, but sometimes right. I get a, I get a couple of looks. <laughs> right. Um, let's see. You mentioned earlier, Harrison, um, mixing this with Young's double chocolate, uh, which I think is, yep. Uh, (laughs) Um, that's something that I think is kind of polarizing in the beer community. When you see someone mix two beers, you know, together right at the bar or at home, Mm. but I've had some really, uh, Founders Rubeus and Founders Imperial Stout is one of the most magical, homemade yes. beer combinations yes. i've ever had oh yeah yeah i mean that's an, an episode in of itself which we said every episode we create future episodes for ourselves but we're going to do it again um right now one of my favorite ones i think it's called isn't it called worldwide stout from dogfish head in 120 minutes that called the end of the world or something like that's that. that's what i would call it yep like, right i believe it's you're like correct. a massive and that was one of the ones talking about i mean that was what somebody discovered a beer advocate in the early days mm-hmm. some form about black and tans and i'm i'm sure young's double chocolate and wells is on there and then um we made one quickly when we'll uh uh when i was at thimble Ironburn company it was our double ipa a new one double ipa and our russian imperial stout that we called the black and tan that we bottled actually as the four horsemen and that was my name for it we called it the four horsemen uh, of the apocalypse was the reference there at label sick and it was bottled short for a little bit and you can always get it at the tap room uh, both of those beers are available for it was Matt, mutual assured destruction was the name of the russian imperial stout <laughs> and then the ghost island is the name of the, the double i pace so if you're up in connecticut and near the coast and have a trip ahead of you to check out some beers again in the future we can go out and do that uh, more often um definitely put that on your list the island's got some awesome beers that's awesome. So it makes me think of animal style at uh, with right. the, the burger place yeah. I'll never That's get right. to go to. Yep. Oh, it's so good. Yep. We'll, we'll go, John. Yes. Yeah. One yeah. day we'll have to do a drinking socially tour of burger stops. I don't know if that's in the agenda for season <laughs> three, but it can be. Let's see what happens. As we talk about burgers and traveling, it, uh, the drinking socially Facebook group. Uh, really, uh, that community has grown a lot over the course of season three. There's so many, uh, it's honestly, it's just good people. It's, it's generally uplifting conversation and focused on beer. Last week we held a really big event in there, um, yeah. with Greg Avola and we did kind of a, like a virtual happy hour. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Harrison, let's take a couple of seconds and just catch up on some of the key takeaways from there and how that kind of went last week. All right. So we, uh, we hosted a, a virtual happy hour, uh, in the Facebook group this past week. It was, it was, it was a blast. Uh, Greg Avola, co-founder of Untap, he joined us for a beer, so a hundred of you guys, that was really cool too. And spent most of the time kind of drinking, talking about actually our first check-ins, um, which was cool. Nice walk down memory lane for us. Uh, John, what was like your highlight or favorite part of that, uh, that virtual happy hour for you? Yeah, honestly, Harrison, it all seemed to go by so quick. But for me, the part I remember is like everybody was putting the beers they were drinking along with us in the chat. And there were some, my gosh, there were some amazing yeah. beers in there. Yep. Um, so Impressive I'm jealous. I'm, I'm jealous yep. that it was a virtual happy hour. Harrison, what about you? Yeah, we kind of at one point uh, someone asked us what our favorite badges were, and you and Greg have the the good fortune of having a, a badge for each of your own weddings, different weddings. I should be clear um, to your respective wives, but uh, but and I don't have one of those, <laughs> but I uh, <laughs> but um, 
But I got, you know, my favorite badge is always been the Witch's Brew one every year. I'm pumped about that. comes out uh, on and around Halloween. So fun uh, looking at all the artwork inside uh, the app at uh, those badges of years past for Witch's Brew. Um, you know, and, and guys, make sure you know, if you weren't there for the last one, you follow us on uh, on Untapped and all our social media for announcing when the next one's going to be our next virtual happy hour. It'll be it'll be soon. So follow us there. Join the group if you haven't. Uh, and we'll, you know, when that's coming up next, it should be soon. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Actually, you know, we're going to skip that uh, our sponsor this week and just bring you an update of what's what Untapped's been up to in the past couple of days. Some really cool stuff is rolling out. You may have seen some of this already, but let's give you some more context about that and uh, what you can do on the app right now you uh, couldn't do it before. Thanks for the introduction, Harrison. I guess we could say that this episode is sponsored by Greg's List, um, which has kept Untap very busy over the last couple of days. So, we launched Greg's List as a service to help locate businesses nearby that are still open and offering food or even beer delivery or pickup. We've seen some amazing growth in Greg's List over the last couple of days, really. First, it was 5,000. And I think probably by the time you're listening to this, we'll have over 10,000 uh, businesses that are listed on Greg's List. So Untapped has kind of pivoted and we're reaching out just to help confirm information on the list as the landscape updates, literally state to state, country to country, person to person. There's always things changing. So we're trying to reach out to as many businesses as we can to help keep that information updated. And you can help too. Uh, just go to untapped.com slash Greg's list and submit information about your own local businesses. We very much hope to help people find uh, a way to take a can home and uh, drink socially while you're maintaining some distance and also help keep some local business doing uh, as well as we can. So thanks for listening. And if you have time, do your part and help out. Really exciting stuff coming out of there, Harrison. I can't wait to see uh, how some of these develops developments uh, continue on into Untapped, you know, in the months to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's wild. Moving through some of those kind of key updates, I really wanted to get to this next part. And so, normally, if you listen to the podcast often, you're expecting John and Harrison to share their second beer. Um, the story goes, Harrison. Uh, kind of found this beer, which helped us build the episode, and we were going to drink it together. And then the, we got kind of sent. Uh, we we're, we're we're not leaving our houses, um, which mm-hmm. meant I had to find, I had to find uh, another beer, which it was impossible to find another one of these. So uh, we've got a, a replacement. That's why there's two second beers on this episode, yeah. and both of them will be added to the badge. So. Uh, hopefully that makes it a little bit easier for someone to share with us. But Harrison, I'm jealous, but I'm really excited to hear what you've got over there. Uh, I know, right? So I'm I'm pumped too. And bum, we can't have this together, but hopefully we can maybe someday kind of they would do this beer again, be uh, grab it, grab it together because I've been waiting for this for a while. So we're gonna I'm gonna start open up, and then John will talk a little bit about what he's doing too in a moment. But um, <clears throat> a beer called Brewers Breakfast from Hop Fly Brewing Company, which indeed was, I believe, my number one or one of my most checked-in beers, um, breweries, rather, of 2019. I think it was the top one. Certainly, my goal of this year was to get get more of their stuff because um, <clears throat> I was just impressed with everything. But so Brewer's Breakfast, what I'm starting with, it's an Imperial Stout, uh, 9.5%, that's um, <clears throat> described on the can as a peanut butter caramel coffee Imperial Stout. Um, and so the name Brewer's Breakfast is really cool. Kind of a quick history about it. So <clears throat> um, so there's a something out there called a Pearson's Nut Roll or a Pearson's Salted Nut Roll. And if you're from the Midwest or the St. Louis area, you may be nodding your head right now and going, aha, I know where he's going with this. Cool. So if, if not, hang on. Um, we'll get there. <laughs> so <laughs> don't worry. Um, but uh, so um, Pearson's, yeah, made this as a candy company, uh, St. Louis made, um, something called a 
it's all in that role, very similar. And, and now Pearson's purists are going to come after me, but similar to like a payday, if you, which is a more distributed candy bar with kind of like, you know, peanuts on the outside. Payday is caramely inside. Uh, Pearson salt nut rolls, nougat, I believe, on the inside. So there is a difference that I want to highlight to make sure people know I, I realize that. Um, but so the, the reason this beer is made and highlighting this particular candy bar, which may seem like there's not necessarily a connection there, then maybe the brewer liked it, is that another company that was headquartered in St. Louis um, called Brewer Supply Group, um, which is basically a distribution company for um, for ingredients breweries need, whether it be grains, hops, yeast, other kind of supplies. Uh, so share the same hometown as Pearson's, and they started to, every, with every delivery, uh, Brewer Supply Group, referred to as BSG, put a free or a couple free, like included um, Pearson's salted nut rolls on the pallets with the grain and the hops and stuff, and they drop them off at the brewery. And so within the industry, and this started years ago, they kind of became this term coined this like the salted nut rolls at brewer's breakfast. You'd kind of get the shipment in the morning, be some food there as a bonus uh, after you were done hauling all the like bags of grain and stuff away to kind of satiate yourself as you went about your day. So this, and they did this all over the place. And now BSG is a really well-known national company that works with probably every brewery here in the States um, that you have had a beer from. BSG has had a part of putting that beer um, in, in the glass in front of you. So they're there and I've worked with them a bunch and they're, they're awesome. So, um, so yeah, so this is top flies kind of owed to that history, that, really cool thing about how and, and Pearson's loves it too they feel like they're kind of just they're, they're excited about this tradition that they are powering the American workforce with a delicious essentially candy bar but you know it's got protein it's got some healthy <laughs> fats in it it's got some energy there to get you throughout the day um, and coffee as well which is not in the bar but this is the uh, the kind of this beer highlighting the breakfast side of it um, that it's uh, that it's you know you come in have a cup of coffee have a, a salted nut bar and, and mash in and start your day. So I've said a lot of stuff. I'm looking at this beer. It's yelling at me to drink. It pours like a, a dark engine oil. It, all beer. the photos it's, on Untaps have this beer yeah. just looking like a, a total void of light. Man. And it smells, I'll tell you what, it smells like like a break room. It smells like there's a little <laughs> bit of food in the air. There's Someone just made a fresh pot of coffee. Like you walk in after a cold morning into the warm break room and you're greeted with this. That's a that's a great, great smell to it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a sip, John, and cheers you, and then we can talk about this a little bit. But I know you have a beer you want to get to as well. I mean, kind of drink these things in tandem and um and- I'm really this is the first time I'm listening to the podcast without getting to drink <laughs> along with you. That's right. It's, yeah, this is weird. Hmm. Ooh. Ooh. Oh man. Son of a gun. I'm going to grab it. I'm going to grab I'm going to grab a carrier pigeon, John, and, and ship the rest over to you. Um, this is wow. So again, ingredients here. Um, and there's hot fly so good at listing on the side. So it's brewed with peanut butter, caramel, and coffee. Ah. Um, it's an Imperial stout, not barrel aged at all. Although I've sat on it for a, a little bit. I think it came out in, um, let's see, it was bottled on not in January and it's March now. So this could easily last for much, much longer, but man, this is good. It, you get coffee, little peanut butter hit, the caramel's more in the nose. And then yeah, the coffee is just kind of like, it's like everything's bouncing around off the coffee. This is delicious. The alcohol is almost invisible. There's so much else going on, but it's, this is nine point um, five, right? You said nine point five. Yes. Yeah. So this will be this will be great. A great. The coffee may wake me up a little bit, but everything else. But this will. But the peanut butter and the caramel knock me right out. And the alcohol. Um, wish I had a salted nut roll next to me to enjoy. Don't again. That kind of limited to what we can and can't do right now. Um, in the uh, interest of everyone else's health and well-being. So, um, but man, this is uh, this is something else. It's pretty wild um, that. Uh, that they were able to kind of combine all this stuff together, all these flavors at once. Um, uh, I'm enjoying that the, kind of this. It's, it's fantastic. The photos, I'm watching Harrison drink this through, uh, a, a, you know, like a laptop camera, which is nice. But the photos on this 
beers untapped page are really clever. Uh, the most recent one is a photo of the can uh, on a plate of scrambled eggs, which is also a good breakfast. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, there's a really cool photo, just like nicely laid out with Bob's Burgers playing in the background. There's just it's, <laughs> this beer seems to call for uh, well taken photos. I don't know. Yes. It, the, I mean, right. the can art's beautiful. Um, That's cool. There's I see a lot of photos of this beer. Uh, just skimming through, you know, like the first 50 or 80 photos, there's a lot yep. with uh, Girl Scout food pairings and uh, a lot of food pictures going on. Some seems to get checked in a lot at the uh, Raleigh Beer Garden we were talking about earlier as nice. well. Nice. That's great. They got the, got a keg or so of this. It's, I saw one, someone has a glass Baby Yoda in it floating inside a barrel, which I got to get my hands on that. That's a great check-in. Man, oh man. Someone pairing this thing with Tagalongs, the Girl Scout cookie, which is a crispy kind of peanut butter wafery cookie. That's a good call. Dan F. had this back in... Uh, February fifteenth, enjoying some uh, some cookies with his with his brewer's breakfast. This is uh, yeah, this is impressive. I haven't had too many stouts from them, so it's always nice. I mean, obviously, when kind of becoming a fan of a brewery, it's nice to know they do everything well. But that's kind of the process, and it's the exciting part about it as well. I really love how these guys do IPAs. Let's see how they do lagers. Let's see how they do stouts. Let's see how they do saisons and stuff. And Every kind of style that Hopfly's approach, you know, attacked, it's it's been great. This is really cool too. It's like there's n- this is. I wish I could do a better job of describing how drinkable it is. I'm to say it's just really drinkable. There's nothing too strong, unbalanced at all about it. It's um, all the flavors are there. They're and they're all kind of at the same level. It's it's really neat. And these guys, Hopfly, they're relatively new in the brewing scene. Mm-hmm. They're in a smaller town in North Carolina, so it's yeah. it's very likely that uh, many of you won't be able to get your hands on Hopfly at least right away. Although yeah. I know they they do can it seems just about like every beer they make. They so yep. Uh, yep. they do get some distribution in eastern North Carolina. Uh, but for those of you that are listening, and uh, um, I don't not jealous or angry, but a mixture of the two <laughs> that you won't be, that you won't be able to yeah. get your hands uh-huh. on it. Um, I mean, keep your eye when festivals are able to uh, kind of be part of our norm again, uh, they were going to be at juicy brews uh, March event. They were going to be at uh, another uh, festival in Western North Carolina. So, you know, a lot of these breweries, if, if you don't want to travel to every small town in the States or the world, keep your eye on beer festivals because a lot of the up and coming breweries are going to find a way to get in there as well. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly right. And I would also say that, um, that, you know, when exactly when, when we can kind of venture out and have some more you know, beer adventures of our, our own, um, when that's appropriate, Visiting where they are, where Hopfly is located, is in the Rocky Mount, the Rocky Mount State Town, North Carolina, about an hour, I think, east of Raleigh, um, where they are, everywhere is. They're in the Rocky Mountain Mills, which is basically like a, a beautiful campus that's a brewery incubator where there are like six or so breweries there. They all share like a, com- it looks like a college campus almost and a farm you know, kind of yard combined into one. Um, a lot of old mills and, and of old buildings. Uh, so it's it's a it's worth the trip if you're kind of trying to look at the East Coast and all right we're out we're able to travel and have fun again where should we go put that on your list it may not be there it's um but it should be there all the breweries there make really great stuff and it's uh it's really neat you go to one place and you have like six or so breweries to pick from and you're walking around this beautiful waterfalls everywhere and it's a in a pretty cool wooded area with a lot of great history itself so they've got a great setup just opened up a, a new tap room so they're um, expanding because they're doing well, which is awesome to... Oh, sorry, Harrison. I was just going to interrupt and say I just got done uh, looking at their website, at least at the time we're recording. Their tent room's closed, but they are doing like curbside pickup for as long as they can, which is uh, which is really cool. And if, if you have a brewery nearby that's doing that, definitely try and, and support them and get something to drink. Yeah, but John, tell me, sorry. So that's 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 what I'm... I have my glass. I'm curious what you got going on over there. And you have a beer that's got many many a tale about it one i had once in the past and was kind of 
I was, it was, it left an impression, but let's go ahead and, and break it down. What, what are you sipping on over there? So I wasn't able to get my hands on Brewer's Breakfast, but I was able to get my hands on the John Dispenza Breakfast since 1982. Uh, uh, so. <laughs> That's right. I got to test to this. I've seen this. This beer reeks of nostalgia. It's called a peanut butter jelly time. And it's been <laughs> brewed by Catawba Brewing or Catawaba Brewing, if you're trying to pronounce it and you're new here. Um, <laughs> Catawba Brewing, I think they first released this in somewhere around 2012. It's yes. technically a, a brown ale um, and it's brewed to mimic a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Now, the first time I heard about this beer, I, I, w- I clamored for it. I love peanut butter and jelly. No bones about it. And uh, they re-release it every year. There's obviously some subtle changes, but this year in 2020, they've gone well above and beyond. Um, there's the typical peanut butter and jelly time. They did peach jelly. They did a strawberry rhubarb jelly. There's a red currant jelly. So a lot of uh, taproom exclusives. And uh, the main uh, beer that they that they brew each year is distributed widely now. You can find Catawba in North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, and I believe they have distribution into the Dominican Republic. I'm not sure the story behind it, but uh, you see a lot of Catawba brewing getting checked in in the Dominican. So Fantastic. also also great if you happen to be able to be there and, and grab some Catawba brewing while you're there. And let's get to the yeah. fun part. Sure. Um, so I poured this gear, this beer into the glass and I, I hate that Harrison isn't here to share it with me because the nose, I mean, it smells yeah. like, uh, it smells like summer camp or being in the boy <laughs> Scouts, like just opening that fold over plastic lunch bag yeah. uh, that that is someone in your family who loved you made, <laughs> and it, the kind of summary. So the the jelly and the peanut butter blended together into this beautiful smell, um, and that's exactly what you get on the nose of this beer. So I'm going to dive in and take a sip. Yes, please do. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So. Um, some of you that, that know me on Untapped pick on the way that I check in a beer, and I, I often say there's a lot going on with this one. And it's, uh, it's I, I love those of you that have pointed out that I say that a lot. There is a lot going on with this beer, um, but it's it can mainly it can be narrowed down to uh, jelly or a fruitish sweet fruit flavor, and then bread, 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 peanut butter. Um, this, this beer tastes more like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich than any peanut butter and jelly replacement I've ever tried. Sure. Right. I know what you're saying. Yeah. And I had it years ago, so I'm not going to let my memory tell the tale. I just, I just remember when I had it, I was like, I couldn't, it's one of those, we've all had them, the experience of drinking beer and you go, wow, I can't believe this tastes, how are they going to do it? Peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Right. I'm sure it tastes like something else. And nope. Yep. Just tastes like peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and they nailed it the first time I had it, which is cool. Glad it's it's holding up, and no surprise. I mean, they're pumping out a lot of amazing beer at uh, Catawba, so um, they've got that's a awesome lot now. of locations now. The mm-hmm. brewery serves, I think, four or five of their own tap rooms. Um, they, this particular beer is a yearly release for them, and it's been checked in over twenty thousand times by different people on Untapped. Uh, my hope is that this one uh, might be available to some of you that are listening to the show. Uh, again, if you have a, if it's available near where you are and it's safe, uh, use Untap. See if you can find it somewhere. It's shelf stable and it's got a brand new design on the can this year, which features a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, uh, yes. which just adds to the nostalgia. <laughs> I know I should probably talk more about the beer. I'm going to rate this one when I check it in, um, and I'm going to leave a description that just reads hashtag nostalgia exclamation point. Um, It holds a four-star rating overall on Untapped since its inception and worthy. If if you like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, this one tastes like one that was cut on the diagonal, as they should be. Yes, as they should be. That's right. (laughs) Yes, Yes, let's get that right out of the way. Exactly. 
Oh man, that's awesome, John. Yeah, and, it, and a lot of great, right? Like you said, more than twenty thousand check-ins, and um, yeah, since twenty twelve. Uh, variants are really cool too about this beer. There's a lot of uh, every year something a little bit different, as you mentioned this all already. I'd love to try and get a, a vertical of that. Um, uh, just the peach and the rhubarb and the, the red curd. Peach, strawberry rhubarb, that one. Because yep. I was always, so we're talking about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, the kind of, I guess you would say the traditional is is a grape jelly and a smooth peanut butter. However, I was always a fan of like a strawberry, a raspberry, if you will, preserve. In my perf- that's my perfect peanut butter and jelly is smooth peanut butter and uh and a raspberry jelly so the strawberry rhubarb was probably it's screaming right now needing to know what that's all about um i i believe their their base uh i don't call it a base beer but their base beer uses raspberry (laughs) uh for the raspberry jelly and north carolina grown peanuts but i totally agree uh if i if i was let's put you on the spot this was something we hadn't planned before we roll into the next uh uh, topic, but your perfect peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I think you, my, mm. mine, uh, a years, you, the majority of my life was uh, raspberry and crunchy peanut butter. But in about the last year, it switched to blackberry and creamy, which is just a grown up version of blackberry. Grape. You're right. Yeah. The mature version of grape is blackberry. I agree with you there. That's a good blackberry is great too. We just always have this really solid raspberry preserve, if you will, with the, the grown up version of jelly yeah. <laughs> um, <Yep. laughs> in our in our house that I go to and we'll probably make I'll tell you what, this is gonna oh man. So yeah, usually it's right, it's like the plainest, simplest bread, smooth peanut butter, raspberry preserves. Tonight though, I'm probably gonna we have these little uh these little um uh waffles in the freezer that are, nope. Peanut, no, not peanut, not waffles. Pancakes, mini silver dollar pancakes in the freezer. I'm gonna pop in the in the uh, toaster and make a peanut butter and jelly with that as my bread. That's my plan tonight. Yeah, everybody, kind of making like a a king version of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I've hacked the code. I took the blue pill or whatever, and I can see the other side of the matrix. And it's why aren't pancakes all always your bread? And I Seriously, peanut butter and jelly <laughs> waffle sandwich is an easy elevator there. Right, it's just harder to cut sure, on yes, the diagonal because they're it round. Is. It's right, it's round, so you can't. You really can't. You're left. You're left there just eating it whole, like an insane person. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, but yeah, you're right. Talk about variants of beer. That now, I guess we've just learned their variants of peanut butter and jelly. So, love to hear from you guys about that as well. Um, you know, talk about the beer, share your check-ins, but also if you have a, a classic peanut butter and jelly recipe, if you're a fluff guy, a banana guy. If you like wheat bread for some weird reason, let us know why um, in uh, in, this, in the group. Yeah, let's find the best peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Let's do it. Together, we can, we can make that happen. We can do that. <laughs> um, as we move on from a topic I could do a whole other podcast on, Yep. It's time to add our second beer to Mount Beermore. Uh, we kind of mentioned that we'd be doing this, and even though uh, most everybody's lives are in a state of turmoil, I think this is a commitment that we can easily stick to. For those of you that missed the initial inaugural Mount Beermore episode, mm-hmm. it is um, in a concise version. It's Mount Rushmore with beer. And in this case, it's my version of the four most important beers of my life and Harrison's version of his and hopefully for you, your own four most important beers of your own life. For me, the first beer that went on there was Founders All Day. Harrison, do you remember what yours was? Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Not surprising. Um, so for beer number two, we've had a couple of days to put some thought into it. Do you, does anything, is there, is it an easy decision for you? It wasn't easy. I mean, there's a lot of, it's, you know, as we're, we're doing this, it's obviously I'm putting some fair amount of thought to it and it's been fun kind of walking down memory lane and taking a high level look at my kind of beer journey, if you will, and using untapped to 
kind of call back to some some highlights of mine looking at beers I rated highly or rated a lot. It's kind of a somewhat of a guide, but um, and, and kind of came down to a, a couple of them and not saying that of these three that I was debating between to talk about next, that none of the other ones will, won't, you know, won't make it. They may all get on here eventually, but I kind of debated between Brooklyn Lager, which is kind of, kind of changed the game for a lot of reasons. Fat Tire, which for a lot of people is like a, an original craft beer beer. And then Allagash White, which is what I want to add tonight to my Mount, uh, nice. my Mount Beer Mars, Allagash White. So for a lot of reasons, I mean, not only do you see it on, on almost every great kind of beer bar in the world, there's always an Allagash White tap. But um, Rob Todd, who uh, was one of the founders of, of Allagash, and uh, and he's a is a genius. He's won like the James Beard Award, which is like the really yeah. like a restaurant tours award. He's won, but also expands to other parts of the food and beverage industry. He's won it for the brewery of the year multiple times. Um, it's kind of like his opus and it's, it's such a great beer. It's another one that like, I kind of, uh, was shown to me by people early, you know, that I trusted early on in my experience. It's a traditional Belgian whip beer and it's, it's great. We have it out of the bottle, out of the you know, cast, they can it now. They obviously have it on draft or however you'd enjoy it. It's, it's just very delicious. It's another bottle conditioned beer, which, um, I think makes a difference over time. And it's, uh, it's just very, very good, and a, there are a lot of American breweries that refer to themselves as farmhouse breweries. They make a lot of saisons. They make a lot of Belgian-inspired beers, and I think to I think he was he was one of the first to do that outside of Belgium with Allagash, and everything they do is so well made, and you can tell in meeting him that he cares a lot, but. Mixed beer is very important for a lot of reasons, you know, chief among them just how, how it kind of opened the doors to American breweries to, to kind of approach a lot of these classic, at the time, maybe untouchable styles of beer that kind of had this mystique about them um, that only could be made in Belgium or some only made in Brussels or, uh, you know, to be even more specific. He said, let's, let's try our hand at this. Let's do it really well. Um, and he does. And they have a cool ship at Allagash. I mean, Allagash needs to be on your list if it's not a brewery to visit. It's it's amazing for a lot of reasons. But this one should be, if you haven't had it, go out and grab it. Um, I'm be disappointed. Um, every time I've had it, it's been amazing. It also really kind of speaks to you know, how much they care about it. But this one was, it was, right, it was tough. But it was also, once I kind of landed on it, had a lot of reasons to, to say this belongs up there as a, a, a Mount Beer, more beer that anyone should really try if, if you have not. It's it's quite the experience. You really just make me want to drink that beer, Harrison. That, <laughs> no, was, a, that was a poem right, to Allagash White. Right. I didn't, right. didn't even really talk about the beer much. It's a very refreshing beer. Like It's good and all over the place because it's delicious, too. Like You drink it on a hot day. It's great. Cold day. It's clovey. Like we talked about before. It's well as bread. Like it's, you know, it's got a ton of flavor to it. Um, so there are many reasons to... Uh, Check this thing out. So if you haven't, find it uh, in, on, on, on Untapped. It obviously um, you know, holds uh, you just, um, a great um, kind of you know, great page, of your beer page or whatever on the, on the brewery page of the beer itself about white, whether it's you know the, how high the rating is. It holds a 3.76 with more than 377,000 check-ins. Still pulls about 1,500 different check-ins monthly, um, which is awesome. And uh, to kind of describes also has wheat, coriander, and curacao orange peel in it, which is cool too. Like kind of not skimping on anything at all. Not just orange peel, curacao orange peel um, coming down from the guys at Allagash. So yeah, it's 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 such an awesome beer. Checked in just an hour ago as of recording right now by Rob at it uh, looks like at his house. Grab one on the way home, and they can it as I mentioned, which is cool as heck. Really um, nice. I know, but that's that was mine, John. What do you what do you got to add to your? Uh, your Mount Beermore this uh, this episode. What uh, what 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 made the cut? Yep. So I went um, your homage to Allagash White. If you didn't put it on yours, I would have put that beer on mine. I still may. Um, but for me, I went uh, with a with an easier way to make the decision. The beer that I've checked in the most on Untapped is my number two, and it's very likely I'll never check into another beer as much as I have. This is Disruption Nitro from Saranac mm. Brewing, which yeah. is 
probably a beer that many of you are saying, what the hell, you know, <laughs> these are supposed <laughs> to be really big beers, John. Right, right, right. For me, Disruption Nitro came to me at a time where I'd never really known what a nitro beer was. Um, I missed Boddington and Disruption came and it kind of taught me what nitro in a can can do. Right, right. And it was such an impactful, it was, it was one of the first beers that I remember being sold in 16-ounce four-packs. And it was in a cardboard four pack. And at the time, I was like, man, uh, I, I was working in a, a grocery store designing like the set for craft beer. Yeah. And, you know, people say, oh, I want to put, I want to sell you this beer. And a lot of times a decision will be made on do I have room to fit it on the grocery store shelf or where will it fit? And this four pack of 16 ounce cans ruined it. And I said, right, man, right. I don't. I don't know if I want to redesign everything just to fit these things in here. And they have to stay cold because you want them to be really cold when you open the can. And so the salesman, brilliant, says, take one home, put it in the fridge for a while, crack it open, tip it upside down, pour it really hard into the can, like shake it up first if you want, just slam it into the can. And, uh, and then call me tomorrow and let me know what you think. And I called him the next day and I ordered like a, a bajillion cases of it. <laughs> And anyone that came in, I would share that story with how you pour it really hard and it cascades down the glass and it's so smooth and it, it caramely, chocolatey, but it was really, it was just a brown ale at 7%. It was a little bit of high in gravity, but, uh, yeah. but it was, it was not only was it just so fun to share, I shared this beer with so many people. Um, I've checked into it 25 times, um, there, I'm on, on Untapped. If you go to the beer page, I am the most loyal drinker. No one has checked into it as much as I have. Which is, <laughs> there you go. That's uh, awesome. Made it an easy decision, but it hasn't been made for years, so you likely won't see it again. I was emailing Saranac biweekly for a while, asking him to bring it back. When they announced that it was discontinued, I drove two states out of my way. Uh, I drove to a place called Jungle Gyms in Cincinnati. Yes, sure. Because they had a couple pallets of it, and they were they had marked it down to like five bucks for a four pack. So I filled my trunk up and brought it back to North Carolina, and that's how I got so many check ins. But yes, long story short, that's a beer I won't be able to share with anyone or get again. But it it that beer sent me down a path of loving nitrogenated beers and always going out of my way to drink them that that beer was uh, that was amazing yeah I, yeah and that, that i would i've never had it but i mean you've sold me on it i love brown ales already but uh yeah have a nitrogenated version of it in a 16 ounce pounder you know i don't know john i mean someone checked one in not too long ago really on untapped yeah the 7th of march with a big old can son of a right gun that's the one so they may be uh, maybe making a return, uh, but it sounds great. I'm, I mean, that'd be cool. I'm inclined it's like, to believe that's just a really old can. Right, or it could but, be an ancient can. That's right. You never know. Uh, it's tough to do. I'm trying to look at like the coloration on the can and see if it's similar to the ones that were checked in. Because you're right. There's a huge gap between the most recent check-ins and then the ones before it. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm seeing some check-ins from like December 2019. Um, Tori is saying, hey, revisit this one, check it out. And a bunch of his friends are commenting like, that's probably an old can. I love that beer, but I haven't seen it around in years. So this is somewhere. Ugh. It's the crawl of beer. It's there just a go. really, really small cult following. Um, yep. So Jeffrey checked <laughs> it in in June and says the can was dated April 2007. Wow. Um, wow. I don't know how I would buy it if I saw it on the shelf. I would sure. probably be disappointed with it, but that's yeah. Um, that's number two on my Mount Beer more because it, I would walk to Cincinnati if they told me it was there again. And Saranac, if you're listening, go ahead and make it. I will take out sure. a second mortgage and I will buy all of it for you. There you go. Easy sale. Easy sale. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Wrapping up this episode, Harrison, we got a pretty easy, timely Would You Rather yes. that was uh, – actually, I'm pretty sure I'm going to give credit to Becca for this one. 
um, who helps us out with the podcast almost every single day. Um, And the would you rather to close out this show is, uh, please don't roll your eyes. Would you rather drink all of your beer at home or drink all of your beer in a pub? Hot diggity dog. Right. So all things considered, (laughs) (laughs) right. Today, an easy answer as we are here drinking, uh, drinking alone, but together, in our own homes um, and happy to do so. Uh, you're right, but that's a that's it is a it is a conundrum in that you know there's different value points that you're hitting. If you're in a bar, I've said it before on this podcast, you know that I loved I loved kind of getting my beer education in Philadelphia because it's such a friendly city where I could go by myself to our neighborhood bar and within two minutes be talking with every other person at the bar about whatever from the movie that was on the tv to easy to talk about sports that was kind of usually where it started to how your kids how your family it's it's called the city of neighborhoods for a reason you really did see the same people all the time and if you walked into a bar alone you probably saw 10 people you would see in that bar every other time you were at that bar and kind of pick up your conversation where you left off so that is a very unique thing that after i left philadelphia for a little while and went to other places you don't see as much um, that kind of just openness to having a conversation with what was once a stranger. And maybe it's because you know that that guy was in your bar and it's eight o'clock on a Tuesday. He probably lives a block away and you're going to see him again. So why not? Maybe just move to the neighborhood. Why not say, Hey, what's up? I'll see you again tomorrow because that's more than likely the case. So I, I loved that. And that, that's really where my kind of post college beer life began uh, in a city like that that has such a, a great baseline of, of beer knowledge and an amazing kind of beer really true beer bars on every corner that may look like some nondescript building that has as this one particular beer bar i'm referencing at one point had Pliny the elder on tap on one end of the taps and perhaps the ribbon at the other end and just That's those awesome. two worlds live together um, joined by the mighty forces of a Telemore do shot at 10 o'clock every night that everyone in the bar, uh, bartenders included, shared together. So um, so it's hard to, to kind of walk away from that experience and go, ah, I want to be at home. But I've had tons of great nights where it's me, the dogs, some Brad Pitt movie, and uh, you know, a beer from an awesome local brewery. And I'm kind of just diving into that and feet up, not thinking about anything, the kind of zenness of those moments you get at home with a good beer, maybe the fire is on, long day, you're just kind of not thinking about anything. That, that's great too. So each has their own merit. It's really tough when you kind of stack up together to pick one side or the other. Again, now current affairs as they are, it's easy to say, let's stay at home. But really, I mean, I'm excited to, you know, when, when it's all, when, when we return to normalcy, if you will, get out there and interact with more people about, uh, about whatever it is, sports or not. That's a, that's a fun part about drinking socially. I mean, it's, it's a share with other people, but it's great that technology allows us to, John and I be in our own homes right now. It's, it's kind of like, I'm forgetting you're not even in the room with me. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool to do this stuff. So technology is a lot of, we never have to drink alone, even if you're in your own house and we're doing some cool stuff, as you know, by now to, to involve all you guys in that stuff as well. Um, but so to pick one or the other, I mean, it, you know, again, if, if it was, yeah, in, in a vacuum, I'm going to say drinking out at a, at a, at a bar with other people, specifically, it sounds like I've just convinced myself a fill a beer, a, any bar in Philadelphia, send me there. Um, <laughs> and I'll be, and I'll be instantly, you know, taco in one hand, beer in the other and knee deep in a conversation about, the 76ers or whatever it may be um or how this we're this still the only large city that has no street cleaning service which was always a, always came up came up at every once in a while someone in a bar through, in philly is right, talking about that right now I, I think a thousand people are probably who they had to sift through garbage on the way to the bar um like it was the mad max kind of city of the future that the time forgot but um but uh but yeah so i you know i'll go to the i'll i'll, I'll take that road and say it's always great to to be able to walk into a place that's not your home that feels like home um, that happens to be a bar that has amazing tacos. And if you're privileged to have a spot near you, 
like that. Hope you obviously, I'm sure you'll remember it and be the first place to visit when you can next. But John, what's uh, where'd your mind kind of land on this uh, this old chestnut? This is uh, this is a good would you rather because it's not like you know all your beer from a fire hose or an eyedropper. <laughs> like it's kind of it, it's it's not necessarily two bad decisions. It's making me choose between two good decisions. I just right. I, I want them both. If I have to drink yeah. all of my beer at one right. place, Oof, right? That's that's a good point. You're right. It's an easy right. decision for me, even though right now I would do anything to go out and drink a beer. For me, I would drink my beer at home because I have a lot of Pomeranians and. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And I, you know, like we work and we work in and around the beer industry. So sometimes I find where I am in my life right now, I get the most peace from coming home, disconnecting, putting my cell phone down, cracking open a beer, picking my cell phone up and going to untap <laughs> to kind of see has Harrison drank this yet or how many of my friends have drank it. What I love about that though is that I can drink my beer in my old basketball shorts, put my feet up on the coffee table <laughs> and enjoy a beer out of proper glassware and listen to Tom Waits or some music and just kind of yeah. disconnect. But using untapped as I've done a lot during this quarantine, it still allows me to kind of get that experience. Maybe we're not talking about the street sweeper, but it allows <laughs> me to kind of see what other people thought about that beer. And even if, I mean, right now, the most of the world is under some form of quarantine as we record this. And if you go to the pub in untapped, there's a check-in happening every second sure. and yeah. people are drinking you know, a lot of them are drinking at home and they're still taking pictures of their beer and they're watching TV just like most of us do. Um, so I think that drinking my beer at home gives me the most peace and using untapped allows me to feel connected like I am going out to a pub. I would miss it. But if I had to go out to a pub to drink beer, I would do it much less because it, sometimes I just, I get home, I get home and I don't want to go back out again. You sure. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, cool. So that that's 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 my answer. As you're listening to Harrison and I kind of flesh through this, uh, what about yourself? Um, I use Untapped when I go out to pubs as well, so that's not necessarily a cop out. But um, what about yourselves? Let us know what you think. Join the Facebook group. Uh, we'll post. That. Would you rather uh, when this episode goes live to try and get some feedback? Otherwise. Show notes for this show and every one of our shows are available at podcast.untapped.com. If you have any questions or feedback or your own would-you-rathers you want to submit, you can connect directly with us on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Just look for Drinking Socially or connect with Untapped directly. You can join our Facebook group and connect with me and Harrison um, on facebook.com slash drinking socially. Otherwise... Yeah, we'll see you in two weeks. Cheers. Cheers.